0: The life of following Christ is fed by God's Word. Look at chapter two. Now we're in First Peter two. And it says, Lay aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and evil speaking. Look at verse two. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the Word. Now they stopped kicking the chair. But what does it say in First Peter two, two? As newborn babies desire milk. Have you ever been around a wailing, crying, fussing baby? And everyone in the crowd is saying, will you do something? Give them a bottle. Why? Because we all know that 90% of the time, they just want to be fed. And, and what, what Peter is saying, he's drawing from life. Look, look what he's saying. Just like newborn babies have this insatiable desire that, I mean, you can give them all the rattles and the toys and the little stuffed animals that you want. They only want one thing. They want to be fed. And you can see, well, as a, you know, as a father of eight, I witnessed the, the tension and the, you know, all that stuff. And all of a sudden when they start being fed, their entire body just, it's a beautiful sight to see them just. And then they drift off, you know, into sleep. And then, of course, they'll scream and yell and cry and want more very quickly after that. But what he's saying is this component is so vital. The life of following Christ is only fed by God's word. Now let's go away from the coffee shop and get back into the room here. At this point is when I, I look at the person I'm talking to. I say, okay, will you, would you read out loud that verse? And so they read it. They say, as newborn babes, babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And they'll say, do you want me to read verse 3? I go, yeah, read verse 3 too. And they'll go, if indeed you've tasted the Lord is gracious. And then I say to them, do you know what this verse, do you know what that says? Do you understand what that's saying? It's saying that as a, as a believer, if you're truly a follower of Christ, you're going to have the same type of incredible longing for God's word that a baby has for a bottle or to be nursed. Then, see, the, one of the more important things of disciple-making is learning when to stop talking and to wait for an answer. And so I look him right in the eye and I say, now, are you a morning person or are you a springer or a feeler, you know? Are you one of these that kind of comes alive at 9 o'clock at night and you're just ready to conquer the world from 9 until like 2 or 1, you know? you're just that's, Those are your best hours? That's fine if you're a night person. Or are you one of these people that you just can't wait to get up while it's still dark and look at the stars and see the mist and, you know, it's cold outside, and you just love the early morning stillness? Whichever you are, whether you're a, you know an a.m. or a p.m. person, do you, whichever you are, do you have an intense infant-like cry and unsatisfied until you get fed by God's word. In other words, and this is when you pause, you say, last night, like Saturday night, or this morning, like Sunday morning, did that happen to you? And I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to you. Did that happen to you? Last night, did you have this incredible longing? It's been a full day, and, you know, you did all the stuff you did, and, you know, either mowed or went to the art thing in Grand Rapids or did whatever you did, you know, and you did all that. You're a night person, and at the peak of your day, you thought, I can't wait to get alone with God. If you're a night person, did that happen last night? If you're a morning person, this morning... You, you already know what time church starts and you already know all of your obligations and duties and you know how long it takes to get ready and you know how long it takes to eat and you know how long everything takes. Did you factor in this morning time? Did you experience, verse 2, as a newborn baby, did you this morning have a hunger for the word of God? And you pause and you look at them. And if you look at them long enough, they go, you're asking me right now? I go, uh-huh, I am. They go, no. Am I supposed to? I go, mm-hmm. And they go, is that a bad sign? I go, mm-hmm, it is. If we do not actively, aggressively lay aside, look at 1 Peter 2, 1, all malice. What is malice? It's where you're going to get even with someone. I mean, they, they hurt you. They cut you off or they took your job or they cheated you or harmed you or someone in your family, and you down deep are going to get even with them. Did you know that ruins your appetite for God's word? If there is malice, there's not. That means you're sick. You don't have an appetite. All deceit and hypocrisy. What's deceit? A deceitful person is someone that, that is saying whatever it takes to kind of, uh, they'll say whatever it takes to get what they want accomplished. They deceitfully make you think you're in agreement so they can get what they want. It's actually a sign of a, a person with an agenda that's self-centered and they're very deceitful. Deceit robs us of hunger for God's word because it grieves the spirit of God. And, and if we're hypocritical, if we only are acting like Christians, but we really aren't. If we're only acting like we love the Lord, like Ananias and Sapphira. If we're only acting like we're sacrificing for him. The spirit of God is grieved and we have no hunger. Or if we're envious. You know, a lot of people are driven by envy. America is, is, is an advertising produces envy. And discontent and greed, and covetousness. And all of those are tied together that I want something I don't have, and I'm willing to sacrifice anything to get it. And I will work three jobs, and I will do whatever it takes to get a house like they have, or clothes like they have, or a physique like they have, or whatever, you know, a car. And, and envy that, that you have it, and I want it. And, I, and envy leads to covetousness. I, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. That grieves the Spirit of God. And evil speaking, you know what the Bible says? Our tongues are like a fire. And our tongues can set situations on fire. They can inflame those situations. In fact, the word slander uh, that's, that's used in Titus, it says that says that we're not to slander. It's used in other places. But specifically, that word is diabolos. That's the word for Satan. That's one of his names. Satan is a slanderer. And and when Christians, verse 2, are evil speakers, when they they say things to harm people that have harmed them or that they're jealous of or envious of, and they evil speak of them or they pass on secondhand truths, any of those things that are listed there in verse 1, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, rob us of a hunger for God's word.